Who's ready for the word of the Lord today? That's pretty weak. I said, who's ready for the word of the Lord today? Open up your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter four. We'll be going there in just a couple of seconds. We've been in a series called Enter, and this is part three of Enter. And and I don't know about you, but just as I've been reading and preparing and listening to people talk about entering and reading about it and reading scripture, I've just been energized, encouraged Uh, about my worship to step in even further. Anybody else been there these last couple of weeks where the word has just pushed you to to a different level? And as we've been talking about these last few weeks, we understand that the Lord laid out some like protocols to praise and worship. He, he laid out those protocols. And it's not that we are just singing to be singing. It's not, that we, uh, it's not that we just clap our hands to be clapping our hands. But what does that mean? Why, why do we do those things? And that's what we've been talking about uh, these, these uh, last few weeks. Worship and praise, entering into his presence, is not something that just happens, uh, a set list, a three-song set list, so that the pastor can get up and preach. But powerful things are happening whenever you start to worship. Powerful things are happening whenever you start worshiping that you cannot even see in the heavens. There are th- things being released. There are angels that, that are start being dispatched. You get the attention of the ear of the Lord whenever you start to worship. And that's what we've been talking about because it is somewhat difficult to possess that power that worship has and gifts to you as part of the army of Christ until you understand it. So let's take a moment. And let's look at today. It is the first worship service that was recorded in the Bible. This is probably the first worship service ever to be known on planet Earth. And it started in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. The word of the Lord says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife. And she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. That's important. Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. How many of you are so glad that the Lord respects fat? Anybody? Thank the Lord. Amen. But he did not respect Cain's offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. His face changed. He must, Cain must have been one of those people that wore his emotions on his face. His countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain in verse 6, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? Here it's like God was saying, why are you taking this personal? This really isn't a personal thing. It's not that I don't respect you. It's that I don't respect what you have brought to me. Hmm. Verse 7. He said, but if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, 
Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Remember, we've been talking about that with great power comes a great sound. With great power comes a great sound. I spent time last week talking about the sound uh, the, the, the sound of power and what that sounds like. We talked about the train that is loaded down with freight and that engine that is pulling the line of cars behind it just packed down with freight. That, that engine has a sound. It's the sound of power. And a lot of times you can, you can hear it long before you ever see it. A plane that is filled with cargo and, and people and luggage still has the ability to fly hundreds of miles per hour through the air because of the power that is in those jet engines. And when they ignite, it has a sound to it that a lot of times you will hear it coming before you ever see it. A tornado, the sound of the winds, whenever those winds come together, the power that it has can rip uh, homes and cities off of its foundation but whenever those winds get together in unity and they start spinning together there is a sound that it releases speaking of this relationship between the sound and power we talked about the targeted effort of satan that he tries to make the church the most quiet place you will be at all week long why because he understands the power of sound we can go to churches all across our city the state and the nation today and they will be full of quietness there will be full of people but there will no be, but there will not be sound why because there there are not people entering into his presence. Satan knows that if he can remove the sound of worship, that if he can remove people's voices from lifting up together, he's not only destroying the sound, but he's actually removing the power. Amen? And whenever you take that praise and the shout out of the church, all you have is a building and they start to lose their power. Because when you are fighting spiritual battles, your power is not in your hands, but your power is in your mouth. Can I get an amen this morning? The word of the Lord says in Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death is in the very tongue that's in your mouth today. And whenever you can find a church Whenever you find a church that is not intimidated to operate in great sound, whenever you can find a church that is not afraid to let loose in the middle of a worship, then you have found a church that is operating with great power. Amen. It is, it is cohesive to that. I mean, on Friday nights, I can stand right here in the fall and I can hear the Rome wolves across the street and they're not afraid to make a sound. Bear and shorter. They're not afraid to make sounds whenever they score. But guess what? I've got something that is a lot better than all that they have. Amen. I've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's the best three-pointer that anyone has ever made. And I'm not going to sit here quietly on a Sunday morning. I'm not going to let him pass me by. No. Why? Because I'm going to make a sound for my God. Because when I begin to enter in, the Word says, God inhabits the praises of his people. 
people. When I release a sound, he takes root where I am at. He starts to build a church wherever I am at. And all of a sudden, whenever I release a sound, he turns this brick and mortar into a sanctuary, into a dwelling place. The power of entering in. God inhabits the praises of his people. He lives and he operates in the square footage of your praise that we talked about last week. No matter how big your worship is, however big it is, that is the size of God that you will experience. Amen? And whatever it is, he will fill that place. And whenever you begin to praise God, you start moving things out of that square footage. You start extending the place of your worship. Whenever you begin to worship, you start moving depression out of the square footage. You start moving anxiety out of the square footage. And you start pushing back and get into his presence. And whenever you realize the importance of this statement, that God lives in the square footage of your worship, that is when you start to magnify the Lord. What does it mean to magnify the Lord? We hear it, we say it, but what does magnify the Lord really, really mean? Magnifying the Lord is when you take the magnifying glass off of your issues and you put it on the Lord. You stop looking at where you are at and you start looking and focusing on where you are going. If you understand what a magnifying glass does and its properties, the magnifying glass does not make the object bigger. It just makes the object appear bigger to you. And so many times we Christians, we like to magnify the issues that we are in. We like to look at the political issues we are in and say, how can I worship in this? We like to look at things that are happening in our city, in the world, in Congress, in Washington. And before we know it, we start magnifying the issues more than we are magnifying the Lord. Amen. And all of a sudden, it puts things into perspective. Whenever you take the magnifying glass off of the issues and you start looking at the Lord, and before you know it, it, it makes God bigger than your problems. Amen. And before you know it, the problems start to fade in the distance because you started magnifying the Lord. That is why in-person worship is so important. Amen? That's why it's so important. David was saying, come on, come with me. Let's go into the house of the Lord and magnify the Lord with me. Let's take a moment and step out of our problems, what we are in, and step into what God wants us. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's get together and remind the devil how magnified, how big our God really is. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let's come into a place like this and lift up his name. Let us release a sound that magnifies God. I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord there are still churches whose doors are not open can I get an amen we are blessed to be able to come into the house of the Lord 
and magnify his name together. Because whenever we get together, people from all backgrounds, people from all different types of, 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 of histories and things that they're going through, people with good days and bad days, people who had a good week and a bad week can come into a place like this and we begin to worship. And the good week people, they are worshiping and praising God. And the bad week people, we're sitting there like, I don't know if I can do it today. But whenever you start worshiping, guess what? Your worship becomes reproductive and it gets all over the bad week people and it gets all over the sad people and it starts magnifying. That's when people get healed. That's when miracles happen. That's when marriages are restored whenever you start magnifying the Lord together. Genesis 4, 1 through 7. What does this have to do with worship? You have Cain and Abel. It's the first worship service as they bring forth their offerings to the Lord. They are literally bringing forth offerings to the Lord as, 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 as symbolic of worship. It said Cain is a tiller of the ground. Hmm. The ground. Abel is a keeper of the sheep. This is the first worship service ever recorded. And in the three previous chapters, you really do not see mandates about worship. You really do not see the Lord saying, this is what you need to do. This is what worship looks like. This is only the fourth chapter in the Bible, and we already have people complaining about the worship. Hmm. There's already, we've only had three chapters, y'all. One family is on earth. And there's already a problem in the worship department. I told the band the other day, I said there are two places where, where, where division happens in the church. And it's on stage with the worship and it's behind closed doors with boards. And I said, I will fight till I am blue in the face. That will not happen at Legacy Church. Can I get any man? It will not happen. The devil, I've already told him, don't even try to start it here. It will not be allowed. It's the fourth chapter of the Bible. And there's already problems in the worship department. There has always been a battle over worship. There will always be battles over worship. There have always been a battle over sound. There will always be battles over generational songs. So the worship happens and Cain brings fruit from the ground. He's a tiller of the ground. That's what he's comfortable with. That's what he understands. That is what is easiest for him. Hmm. He knows what to do. He knows where to get it. He knows which field to go to. He knows exactly what to do. He knows where he can go. He knows what row he can go down, the second stalk. He knows what to do. And he is comfortable with it. And he brings the fruit, but God does not receive it. Cain takes it personally. Abel, on the other hand, brings forth his firstborn of the flock and their fat, offers it to God, and God respects it. Listen. God is not a respecter of persons. He does not care about your last name. He does not care if you went to an Ivy League school. He does not care about how many degrees you have on your wall. Can I get an amen? He died for everyone. And while he's not a respecter of persons, however, 
He is a respecter of principles. And the possibility is great that if someone is walking in something greater than you are, if they are walking in something that you're not, they're probably doing something that you're not. Hmm. Cain took it personally and is offended. God goes to Cain and challenges his emotions. He goes in the scripture said, God said, if you did well, I would have accepted it. He was saying, I love you, but I, but I did not, I will not accept just any old thing that you bring to me. What was the issue with the offering? What was the issue? And as I started stepping back and looking and reading and dissecting at this, at some point, I think God had to have a conversation with these two about the standard of worship because it seems like he is referring to it in this passage where he says, well, if it had been well, if it had been what I told you, because in chapter one, you have creation. In chapter two, you have Adam and Eve. In, 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 in chapter three of Genesis, you have the fall of man. And God starts handing out curses whenever sin comes. And while God did not curse Adam and Eve, he did curse the ground. Hmm. Are you with me this morning? He cursed the ground. So in chapter three, God curses the ground. Follow me this morning. And in chapter four, Cain is bringing an offering from the cursed ground. His worship is coming from a cursed place. So Cain is bringing a bucket full of cursed fruit and wants to worship the Lord with it. So it seems that a standard of offering, because he took the lamb that was going to be slain, to me, it seems like God had put something out there. It seems that a standard of offering was the shedding of blood. Exodus even says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That's why Jesus had to come and die as the lamb that was slain. Why? Whenever you are born again, we use the term, you've been washed in the blood of the lamb. Why? Because he shed his blood for you. So you would no longer have to go through this process but you could go to the cross and accept him as the Lord of your life. And here we are. This standard of shed blood was, was set for worship. Not only did Cain not get that principle of worship, but if he did that, that would also mean that he would have to go against what he was familiar with. He could not go to the field and pull up stuff. He'd have to go get a sheep, a little lamb. He, he did not understand sheep. He was not a shepherd. He didn't, it was beyond his way of thinking. It was out of his comfort zone. Hmm. Imagine that. Worship pushing you beyond your comfort zone. 
He could not go and get the corn. He could not go and get what he knew. He knew the soil. He knew how to, he knew how to reap the, the, the grains from the field. He knew all of these things, but that would mean he would have to get out of his comfort zone. He would have to go to a place he's not comfortable with. He would have to step into a new dimension. He would have to learn a new type of worship. He would, he, and he could not get it. Can I tell you something today? This is part of the problem with so many churches. Their worship has gotten comfortable and does not push them outside of comfort zones. Hmm. That's what I expected. Crickets. The worship in the church has gotten so comfortable that it does not push you out of your comfort zone. Let's just keep it comfortable. Hmm. Let's keep it comfortable. We just have an hour. Let's keep it comfortable. Let's have the lights right. Let's have the good cameras. But let's just keep it comfortable. Hmm. Let's keep it comfortable. I don't want too many people raising their hands because it will block the new cameras. Let's just keep it comfortable. Let's just keep it comfortable. I don't want anybody to get in the aisle this morning. No, I don't want anybody to get out and dance. I don't want anybody doing that because I know Monday I'm going to be answering all of these emails from Sister Yeye. This ain't a club, Pastor. All that flesh up in there. I don't understand why you're doing this, Pastor. Let's just keep it comfortable. Let's just keep straddling the fence and keep it comfortable. In other words, let's just tickle their ears but keep their souls at bay. It's time the church of the real living God understands the power that he has and understands that we are in a war and we've got to get out of our comfort zone. You've got to get out of your personality. Sometimes your victory is simply in the aisle and out of your seat. Sometimes your victory is simply in your feet. They're just waiting to get loose. You've got to get out of your personality. You've got to get out of your aisle. You've got to get out of your head and into the heart of the Lord. To the place where I may not like to dance. Lord, I don't even have a rhythm, Lord. But God, if you tell me to dance, I'm going to cut a rug and I'm going to dance. Lord, I've never shouted like that. I've never even raised my voice like that. I sit here quiet during worship. I don't even sing because I don't have a voice. But I may not feel like it. But God, if you tell me to shout, I'm going to shout. Why? Because I'm not here for them. I'm just here to please you, Lord. And whenever I get into that place, I step out of my comfort zone and into the presence of the Lord. Band, help me out. I want you to understand this. Sound precedes manifestation. Get that. Sound precedes or goes before it is visible. This is hard to understand in the natural realm because this is opposite of all things natural on earth. It's opposite. We make sound after we see something. We shout after the touchdown. We scream after the three-pointer. We do everything after. We say thank you 
after we receive the gift. In earth, we wait for something to happen, then we make a sound. Is anyone following me today? You need to get this in your spirit right about now. But in the kingdom of God, you make a sound to get something to happen. I don't know if you got that. In the kingdom, you make a sound to get something to happen. You are shouting before you see it. You are dancing before you receive it. You are standing there saying thank you whenever there is nothing going on around you. Sound precedes manifestation. So you've got to understand, whatever outcome that you desire, you have to have a sound of worship that is leading you in that direction. That means, you need to get this, that your present sound will usually contradict your present location. You need to get that in your spirit. Swannies are jot that down because it didn't hit you. I hope it hits you this week. Your present worship should contradict your present problem. I'm going to say it again until it hits somebody's spirit. I said your present sound, the way you are worshiping, should contradict your present problem. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. I may be sad right now. It's not gonna sound sad. I may be tormented right now in my spirit, but my worship is not gonna sound tormented. The word of the Lord says, let the weak say I am strong. I am weak now, but I am worshiping like I'm strong. The word of the Lord says, let the poor say I am rich. I may look like a vagabond, but guess what? I am, I'm gonna praise him like I'm rich in the spirit. Your lack of sound. Your lack of worship will turn what God meant for a season into a lifetime. Your lack of worship will turn what God meant to last a month because you're not entering into his presence. It can make it last a lifetime. Joshua 6, 3, 5, just jot this down. I'm going to read through this thing like lightning this morning. Joshua 6, verse 3 through 5, then I'm going to go to verse 20. It says, listen, you shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass that they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So the people, verse 20, shouted when the priest blew the trumpet. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people released a shout with a great voice that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Did you hear what just happened? 
when they saw their current condition, when they were standing at the huge wall, they did not say, well, I don't think we're getting in today. I know it's the seventh day, but whoo. No, we're not getting in this thing today. No, they did not get there and look around and say, the wall's too big for my worship. They did not say that. They did not, they, they, they did not let their current situation rob them from praising like that God was about to do something. No, the word says that they made a sound that did not match their current situation. They blew the trumpets, they shouted, and they went in and possessed the land. Why? Because they understood the principles of worship sound goes before a manifestation second chronicles verse 20 verse 15 write this down listen and he said listen all of you of judah we talked about judah last week judah means praisers he said listen all of you praisers and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat thus says the Lord to you do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude around you for the battle is not yours but it's God he said tomorrow tomorrow go down against them they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. I know your current situation is saying, get your hands ready, get your guns ready. He said, but look, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord come to you. The Lord your God who is with you. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, you praisers, oh, you sound releasers, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed on his, his face, and he bowed his head and his face to the ground. And all of Judah, all of the praisers and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed down before the Lord, worshiping him. Then the Levites of the children and the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high so they rose up early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa of, of and as they went out Jehoshaphat he stood up and said hear me O Judah hear me O praisers and you inhabitants of Jerusalem believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established believe in his prophets and you shall prosper and when he had counted with the consulted with them he appointed those who should sing he appointed those who should praise the beauty of holiness and the singers and the praisers. They went out before the army and were saying, praise ye the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And now when, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Zir, who had come against Judah. He sent out an ambush of people who come out against the praisers. He sent out an ambush of people who come against the praisers. I said he sent out an ambush.
numbers of people who come against the, the praisers. And the word says, and they were defeated. I don't know about you, but I hear the sound of a mighty army rising up. I hear the sound of a trumpet that is sounding before the foundations of this world today. I don't like their new music because all they do is repeat itself. Get up, get up, get up. Why do you keep saying it? If that's your attitude, you're going to have a problem whenever you get to heaven. Because when the trumpet sounds, all you're going to be saying is holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Hey, give, 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 give,
right now, I want you to raise up your hands. I need a miracle. Woo. Look at all the hands in this place. You say, I'm not dead, I don't have a grave. Some of you, your grave right now is that wall that's standing between you and a breakthrough. Some of you, that wall is your bad attitude. And nobody will tell you that. But let your pastor speak some truth to you today. Some of you, your biggest problem is an attitude. And God this morning wants to give you an attitude adjustment. And he will do that whenever you start raising up a voice and cry. Some of you, you can't even raise your hands right now because you're like, oh, I want to, but I, I, I just can't do it. I want to tell you something right now. I feel a spirit of breakthrough in this place. I feel a spirit inside of my, it's a fire shut up inside my bones this morning. If you need a miracle, I want you to raise up your hands. Lord, I'm praying over every person today, every person that needs a miracle. Oh, God, let their sound far exceed where they are at right now. Let their worship go against their current location this morning. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Come down. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Depression leave. Anxiety stop right now. Abuse be broken off of you. Marriage come back together right now. Lost sons and daughters come home right now. Get up out of that grave. Get up out of that grave. Get Get up, get up, get up. I just felt the Lord say there's a healing in this place today. I don't know why the back came to mind, but if somebody's got their hand raised, I want you to stretch your hands toward these people right now. God, I am praying a divine healing right now. Lord, you are in this place. This is not just a church, this is a sanctuary. Why? Because there's a sound being released from the back corner all the way up to the front, God. I am praying a divine healing over the lower back right now, God. I am declaring it right now, oh God. Heal these 
these bodies right now. There's somebody in the room, you got a cataract. Your eyes, anybody. I got cataracts, I see you right there. I'm praying right now a divine healing over the eyes, Lord. Give them an eye, give them a vision like they have never seen in the natural and in the spiritual, God, right now. There are people in here, you got diabetes. Would you just raise up your hand right now? Lord, I pray right now, Lord, every person's blood. Lord, you just level everything out right now. Those that are high, bring it down. Those that are low, bring it right where it should be today, God. I declare it right now. Who in here, you got a lost son or daughter? Say, I, they need Jesus Christ. You got a lost son, I see your hands today. Oh, my money, you Lord, I pray over every son and daughter, God. Lord, bring them into you right now. Lord, wash them in your blood today. You are the lamb that was slain before the foundations of this world today. God, and I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, I pray you wake them up, Lord. If they are high on drugs from last night, God, wake them up and let them feel your spirit blowing in their room right now, oh God. There's a woman in here. You've got pain in your ovaries. You've had pain in your ovaries. I declare it healed right now. Lord, I declare it right now. Lord, remove those cysts, Lord, right now. Lord, remove it. Move those polyps, God, right now, Lord. Remove it, God. Heal that woman right now. There's a mom in here. You've been trying to get pregnant. The Lord says it is done. It is done. He is opening up a womb inside of you. Feel the spirit in this place today. I wish I had about 50 people who would agree with me in the spirit. It is finished, it is done. I don't know, I just heard the Lord say, It is finished. It is done. Oh, you've been worried about something in your life. The Lord just sent me to tell you, if you don't hear anything else this morning, it is finished. It is done. It is finished. Amen.